This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can receive your free audiobook if you go to Audible.com and sign up to become a member. And then you'll get a free token. And you can use that to download any book. And that book is in your library to keep forever. That's at Audible.com. Well, hello, welcome again to another episode of Comfy Place. I just love this song. I go through and I search all the various you know, songs and stuff that I can use. And that one came across. You know, there's not enough banjo in our lives. There's not enough good banjo in our lives. There's probably way too much terrible banjo, but there's not enough good banjo. And so there's your daily dose of banjo. You're welcome. Hi, welcome. Okay, so here is another sleep tonic. Now, if you're not familiar with the sleep tonics, this is the one where I am going to be so boring. So it is going to be a rambling tale of stuff, subjects, things, whatever comes to mind. The whole idea is that if you really need to go to sleep, this is the one that's going to do it. Sleep tonic. Before I begin though, let's start with the the safety notifications. If you are any of the following, please do not listen to this episode. If you are driving any vehicles on a long, long road, Please don't, especially if you're driving, you know, like a big truck or something like that. Please, yeah, this is this is going to be some knockout juice, so please don't. Now, if you're in charge of, say, a submarine, a battleship, ocean liner going through the Suez Canal, we don't want to see that again. So, yes, please, just just go to something else. I think there's about a few million podcasts, so you should be able to choose something. But this one, this one's for you. This is the one where if you're laying in bed, you've turned it on, you've got your phone to the side or, you know, headphones right now. Then this is going to send you off to sleep. Guaranteed. Okay, well, I hope you settle in. You're just in your comfy place. You're just... It's all about the warmth, and you're ready to drift off. Why don't we go for a walk? Yeah, I think that's actually a really good idea. I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I came from a country town called Baruga. Population 1,000 people, and the night times there are just wonderful. Let me set the scene. It's a hot summer's night. There's a smell of grass. A smell of eucalypt trees. You've got that smell of the river. And it all just wafts on through. There's the lightest of light winds that's only gently moving the leaves 
And all of this, when you look up at the night sky, you see a billion stars. There's really no light pollution there, so you can see forever. And forever is a long way. I love going for walks in the forest at night. You hear the, the sounds, the birds, and everything just relaxing. So here we go. The feet plant against the grass, and you can feel that in underneath you. You step forward, left foot, right foot, left foot. There's that satisfying realness to it. Not a care in the world. And all you're doing is just absorbing the, the nature surroundings. Let us walk a little further. Let us go. And it's been a little while now. And whilst you walk along, all the happy memories about the place just start to present themselves. In the distance, you can see the moon starting to rise. It's a crescent moon, and it's over there, and you can see little wisps of cloud. And it rises up in the distance. You walk a little further, and there is just you, the moon, the night sky, and billions and billions and billions of stars, like little pink pinpricks. Trust me, it is a beautiful sight. And it's really, you know, glad for me to take you on this journey right now. I would go walking again and again and again because, one, as a teenager, I didn't have a lot of money. And you'd be surprised how little the universe costs to look at as long as you don't want to zoom in then the costs tend to go up when you start to zoom in. But as long as you're willing to just look with the naked eye, then it's actually absolutely and utterly free. And so I would. I would just walk along. Other times, you know, as I got older and friends and things like that, we would go to one of the beaches on the sides of the river. And they'd have those because, you know, the, the, the beach would bend and then um, physics would happen and the sand would sort of build up on the inside of a curve, as it tends to do, and that would form, for want of a better term, a beach. We'd get together and we'd grab some wood and we'd light the sand and... We wouldn't light the sand, forget that. We'd light the wood on the sand. And then you would just sit back and relax. You'd wiggle, you'd wiggle your, um, how do I say this delicately, your bum side by side until you get basically the perfect model sort of chair out of sand because it would just work its groove in. And you would just chit chat with friends when life was so simple. 
company was wonderful. The pizza tasted great. And the biggest thing you needed to deal with was what time do you want to go home? It's a fantastic experience. There was one time, me and three other friends, we were walking between, see there's the towns of Cobram and there's towns of Baruga, about four kilometers you know, apart from, as I say, post office to post office. And we would walk between. And the most amazing optical illusion happened. There's a thing called a causeway. It's a single road that goes between. So we're walking along almost stand by me like, you know, four boys, essentially teenagers, 16 years of age, all walking along, laughing. And in the, the distance, the moon and the clouds did something which was, again, it was an optical illusion, but we stopped and just marveled at it. It's a picture of grey, hot summer's night, the silver light from the moon. And in the distance, the cloud looked like a valley. It looked like this sort of world ended. There was a cavity or a, or a valley. And then it rose up on the other side and that's where the moon was. This really happened. And it's not as if it's something remarkable because the moon goes up every night until it doesn't. The new moon. But yeah, it did that night and we stood there and just soaked the moment in. It really did look like a valley. And then on the other side was was the moon. And it felt like if we just built a bridge, and it didn't seem like to be a very long bridge, if we just built a bridge across that valley... I know it's going to sound silly, but we're friends here. You could reach the moon. That's what it looked like. So we stared there for a while. We walked a little bit further. And then out of the blue, one of us, even though we can't and even though we sound terrible, we didn't care, we just started singing. There's a song by a band called Blind Melon called No Rain. When you get a moment, just check it out. It's really cool. It's really chill. And we just started singing that song. There's a term called Footballers Choir, which is a bunch of footballers singing not very well. Yeah, well, that was was us. There is something truly wonderful and magical about a person that really doesn't give a damn about what anyone else thinks. They're just going to do what they want to do. And that night, as we looked across this illusion of a canyon and the moon on the other side, and as we discussed ways to cross go to the moon and then we started singing waking up all the birds because we were loud not that there was anyone around for kilometers 
it's one of those magic moments you can only have when you're young and you know you're immortal and you're going to live forever. There's not a month that goes past where I don't look back on that time. It was one of the purest, happiest moments of my life. I've had plenty more since then, don't worry. But that was before I moved away. That was before it all. Yeah, I moved down to Melbourne and sought my fame and fortune, as it is. Let's go forward now to the years not specific. Let me tell you about... Oh, this is good. Let me tell you about... Well, I know this is a little secret, and if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, go back and you'll definitely hear this, but I like coffee a little bit. No, no, no. No, I do. A little bit. And I love the whole, you know, cafe experience where you get to go in and just enjoy. Again, the moment of just waking up and drinking this amazing, amazing drink. Let me tell you about the time I was in a place called Hyderabad. And there was a cafe place called the Roastery Coffee House. So I was down in Hyderabad and you know when you travel and you don't want to give up. You want to absorb all of the local culture and yet you still want to have all your creature comforts. Well, that's for me is, you know, is coffee. So I put the word out and I asked where would be some good places to go for, you know, a coffee. I got so many responses, so many. And you know what the wonderful thing is? Not a single one, none of, none of the responses were, you know, someone being a jerk or things like that. It was really genuine, honest, giving me advice of where to go. And everyone was expressing sort of their place. And one of the mentions was the Roastery Coffee House. It was a really cool place. It really was. Okay. You walk in off the street. There's a the busy, you know, Indian streets. And I'm reminded of architecture of the fifties. It was new in its day, but now it has that charm about it. There's some pot plants that are sort of scattered on a long long balcony. Veranda, balcony. What's the one that you put when it's just there's no second story, it's just, you know, one. Patio, I don't know, and it doesn't matter. Lots of pot plants. There was a dog just relaxing, not even really bothering to wag the tail, just chilling. But that's not the entrance. You see, you go around the back, which I just love anyway, because it's one of those classic endearment things, you know, when your friends and family, they go through the front door, come around, yeah, come around the back. So you walk around the back and there's these old style, thick timber, you know, chairs that people can relax. And I'm seeing people have, you know, conversations about this and that. In the corner there, there is a couple clearly on a coffee date. The ne- 
nerves from the poor guy. It looked like it was going well. At least I hope so. So I walk in, and the aroma, oh, the aroma. See, they grind their own coffee, or roast their own coffee. It is a roastery coffee house. Yes, they serve it, but they also grind it, and they also... Well, actually, that's it. Grind it, serve it, roast it. I guess they must buy the, the beans as well. But yeah, so I go in and the aroma is is in the air. It's not overwhelming, but it certainly is a lot stronger than most most coffee places. The friendly person greets me and I walk around and it's a very quaint, smaller place compared to the outside. And I go to my lovely little table and chair by the window and then I'm given a menu. And I'm not talking a small menu either. I'm talking a very thick, rich, bound menu. And it's all coffee. It's all coffee. They have their classic blends. They have whole sections for lattes, for macchiatos, for cappuccinos, for all kinds. And I'm impressed. Oh, yeah, I'm impressed. But where do I begin? What do I choose? It's not as if I can sit here and try coffee after coffee after coffee after coffee after coffee. Sooner or later, I'm going to want to write the great Australian song or book or maybe try and beat Hussein Bolt at the 100 metres. So yeah, so what do I do? Well, they have their classic... classic. Why not? So the guy comes over. It's that kind of service where it's at the table. It's fantastic. And I I choose my uh, yeah, the classic latte. We discuss whether it's in fact you know, strong or not. And he says no, it's a dark bean, so it's, it's strong. And then I order the coffee. Sit back and relax. Just look around. To the couple that's on their first date. It's going It's going better. A lot more relaxed. There's people talking business in a quiet kind of way. And all the while the morning sun just rises in. And that golden light is just making its way through the windows. To the classic old architecture but with the new blend. Because clearly... You know, this business has spent a bit of money to make sure it doesn't look run down. It's not too long until the coffee arrives, and when it does, oh my god. It's rich. Now, I'm going to say this, but I think the words are too coarse, too blunt to really express the true hint of a flavour that's there, a mere suggestion. There was like a hint of honey. Now, again, when I say that, you imagine, okay, so someone takes a tablespoon of honey and puts it in. No. 
it was a hint of honey in a similar way that when you think you can hear a noise in the distance, but you're not quite sure. It's like that. It was just a, just a hint. Amazing. Absolutely and utterly amazing. I tried a lot of different cafes when I was in India and certainly when I travel around the world. There's a few. There's some really good ones. That one I find myself returning to again and again because it was fantastic. If I ever am fortunate enough to travel to that part of the world again, the roastery coffee house in Hyderabad will be one place that I go to. I am not paid for by the roastery coffee house, by the way. I'd love to be paid for by the roastery coffee house, but that's that's not going to happen. So now, if you've made it this far, well done. Well done. I promise that I will be very very, very dull. And maybe those stories had a whimsical value to them, but this is a sleep tonic and I will be helping you to get to sleep one way or the other. So now I'm going to take it up a level, but in because I'm trying to get you to go to sleep, I'll be taking it down a level. Where am I going with this? That's right. I'm going to read out and explain how I made a delicious dish called mustard chicken. If you're asleep by now and this is still playing and you wake up tomorrow morning with a curious desire to cook mustard chicken, well, this is the reason why. Because it was delicious. Here we go. Mustard chicken. The preparation time is about 15 minutes. And the cooking time is about 1.5 in hours. Actually, it's one hour and five minutes. But it's one of those ones where it's just sitting in the oven, not doing anything. So you could do whatever you want during that time. It seems like a long time, but honestly, it actually went through you know, really quickly. What you're going to need is a Dutch oven, preferably, or one of those, um, the, the the frying pans, which kind of got the walls. I really wish I heard the, news, the, the words for this. It's a frying pan, but it's raised on the sides and a lid can go on top. I think that's just a frying pan. A skillet, possibly. Anyway, get a Dutch oven, that's best. And it really looks like you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Here's what you're going to need. So eight pieces of chicken. I went with the chicken thighs. I think next time I'm going to go with something with the skin on, just for that extra sort of, you know, flavor. It was still fantastic, though. About eight pieces. Now, the recipe calls for six tablespoons of Dijon mustard and one tablespoon of whole grain Dijon mustard. I don't think you need that much at all. I filled up a ramekin pretty much with, with mustard. And I looked at that mustard thinking, what am I, this thing's going to taste like nothing but mustard. But you don't need that. I would say that you need probably two to three tablespoons and then half a tablespoon 
of the whole grain. And you, you stir it together. What you want to do, um, you also need uh, about one cube of chicken broth, a bay leaf, um, some small onions, uh, shallots. I just used purple onions and I used spring onions and apparently that received some comments, but I think it tasted great. Three quarters of a teaspoon of salt and a quarter of a teaspoon of pepper, but you can alter that for whatever you like. And that's about it. Oh, and um, if you've got some thyme and stuff growing, funny story. I actually, it's not a funny story at all. It's just a story. I was down at the supermarket buying all this stuff, and I went and bought thyme and yeah, the fresh fresh one from the fresh section I came back and I then realized that I've got my specialist herb garden design it's there this is the reason why I got the herb garden and sure enough one of them is time I think I need to write on my you know shopping list that I've got these things so therefore I can just remember them anyway so you know you need about 15 sprigs of thyme. I think a sprig is like a little bit of the leaf that pops out. I went with that. It seemed to work. Let me know if you need thyme. I have plenty of it now that I've got not only the plant, but I've also got the one that I bought um, at Coles. Here's the instructions of how to cook this. So you're going to take the... Dijon mustard and the whole grain Dijon mustard and you want to put that in a ramekin or a bowl or something then you'll take the salt and the pepper and put that in as well just stir it all in and then I've got this really cool brush made of little funky little rubbery thingies any brush will do you can even just use a spoon or something you're just going to rub that mustard in on the chicken just, just lather the chicken and just chuck it in there and work it in. Now, you're going to take about two, in this one it was about two tablespoons of butter. That's a fair amount of butter, but still. About two tablespoons of butter and you're going to put that in the frying pan and you're going to let that you know bubble until it's looking really good. And then you put the chicken in. And... You're going to leave the chicken to fry for about four minutes on each side. Now, okay, I'm not, this is not a thing and I'm not paying for it. I'm not not doing any affiliate links or anything like that. This is is genuine. Okay, so you know Amazon, right? Um, Again, I need to, I'm not being paid for this. They've got a clock that's about 50 bucks and it's frankly the best, best piece of technology I've bought this year. Why? Because it does exactly what it's meant to. It's awesome. But yet when it's not doing what it's meant to be doing, it's just a clock. It looks kind of cool. It doesn't look like it's trying to be something hyper-futuristic. No massive expressionist statement. It's just a clock. Anyway, it pairs with an Alexa. And then when you set the time, it's got all these little LEDs around the edge. Go ahead and Google it and check it out. It has all these little LEDs. And when you set a timer, 20 minutes, all the little dots 
up to the 20 light up. Why is that good? Well, you want to know the time is left. You can look on the wall and you can clearly see how long is left. Yes, I've got the phone. I could look at my phone. I've got an Apple Watch. I've got about 20 million different technological devices. But it's just a clock and it's on the wall and it's really cool. Well, when I cooked this chicken, I learned that you could take it to another level. You see, I didn't set but one timer. Oh no. I said, that's right, two. And it took care of that one as well. The second time I got an individual light and the, the rest just got a whole bunch of just, you know, the, the typical LED lights. Oh, and when it, this is the best bit. When it gets down to the 60 seconds, it's going to count the seconds out really fast to give you that sort of... I don't know what, but it just looks really cool where it counts down to the end and then the thing hole just flashes while the Alexa goes off and it's fantastic. And all of this for $50. I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, so I set the timer. Four minutes on one side of the chicken. And then you flip it over and you do the other side. Four minutes-ish. Now, you're going to take this chicken out and then replace it with some thinly sliced uh, onions, spring onions, and some shallots if you want as well. And then you just put them back in. You want to put it on a low heat. Onions, if you go too fast, they'll burn and you want them to go translucent and stuff like that. Now, by the time this is happening, some crunchy bits are starting to happen on the bottom of the the uh, the Dutch oven, which is looking like it's bad. Don't worry, this is a good thing. So you work those onions in; they're becoming translucent, and it's about four to five minutes for that. You know, flip either side, things like that. Use your judgment on when you think you know onions are good. My theory is, if they're going to go onto a sausage and bread, then they're ready. Boom. Boil some water. Put it in a cup and then get your little, you know, um, chicken cube thingy in that cup of water and, and stir it in so it's all nicely mixed. You pour that on. While it's bubbling, get a nice wooden ladle spoon thing and you just sort of scrape the bottom a little bit of the, of the Dutch oven. Make sure it's wood, not metal. And don't go too nuts with the scraping. Those little bits are going to come off and it's going to add to the broth. Right now, it smells fantastic. When that's bubbling, you add some cream fraiche. I actually added about five, five tablespoons of that stuff. I didn't actually know what that stuff was. Um, the last time I knew about Cream Friche was a certain South Park episode. I don't think I'll mention anything more about that. If you want to know more about the South Park episode with Cream Friche, I don't know what it's titled, so happy hunting. It's a funny episode, though. Anyway, moving on. The Once it's all you know, stirred in, 
the chicken goes on top and you just you just nestle that chicken in you just just you know just yeah and move it side to side so it's all covered and stuff like that and then that's kind of it you put the uh, the, the 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 dutch oven in the oven you've got that thing set to about 175 degrees celsius or 230 degrees fahrenheit and then you just leave it alone for about 40 minutes then you just pop in and you just you just check it and it's all going okay and then if you want, you can then have either some mashed potatoes that go with that, some vegetables. I've got some like, you know, broccolini and stuff like that. So put that on the side. And then in about 50 or 60 minutes, you pull that out. You want to just give it a bit of a snip test to make sure she's cooked through. And then you just serve that onto the plate. And oh my God. Super easy and delicious. So that's how you cook the mustard chicken recipe. Okay. We're almost there. Okay. Now to finish this off, I'm going to take a moment to thank everyone that's out there that's listening. I've got this, you know, this little panel thing that sort of tells me where in the world my podcasts have been listening to. And I get such an emotional feeling when I see that not only, you know, are more people listening to it and hopefully it's helping you to relax and just kick back and chill and go to sleep. But it's happening in other parts of the world. And some of them, English is not the first language. So, maybe this is an option for me to inadvertently teach someone how to speak Australiana. Here's one. Here's a, here's a great tip. In Australia, we hold questions to be, to be very serious. So, when someone asks a question, we will take a moment to consider the question and we want to give the person an indication as to whether we are going to either agree or not. We do this by saying the words yeah and nah. For instance, do you want to go to watch a movie? The person answering it would be saying yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. And then if they want to, like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. The more serious the question, the more yeah, nahs. For instance, hey, do you think that you should diversify your share portfolio to then increase the amount of, uh, no, actually, that's a, that's a terrible question. What's one that's actually real? Okay, here's a good one. So you call up and you say, Hey, I'm 
One mate says to the other mate, hey, I'm moving house next week, can you help me? And the friend responds with, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, of course, because they wouldn't say no. But it's a way of letting the person know, I don't know where this is going to go. It could be a yes, it could be a no. Builds a suspension, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Kind of sounding like an ambulance a little bit. And then eventually it's either yeah or nah. So, next time an Australian asks you a question, then just make sure you just say yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Or no, by the way, it can it can go the way. Anyway, I'm going to finish this sleep tonic too. I'm going to read out. These are all the countries. And you're one of them. You're listening right now. So, hi. Well, actually, you probably sleep. Hi. And listen. And so I'm going to read out the, uh, the countries now. And these are all the countries where I'm being listened to. And I think it's awesome. Okay, here's one. Australia, obviously. United States, a big high. United Kingdom, high. India, high. Then Switzerland. Then the United Arab Emirates. New Zealand. And Canada. And Malaysia. And Saudi Arabia, high. I'm not done. There's more countries. Singapore. Then Sweden. Hi. Netherlands. Japan. Hi. Sorry. Konnichiwa. Hi is yes. Yeah. Germany. Hi. Russia Federation. Hi. Estonia. Hi. Iceland. Brazil. The Czech Republic. I'm not making this up. And certainly the people who have mentioned it know that because they're they're there. Oh, that's me. Yes, that's you. Hi. I'm not done. Ireland. I might find myself doing an accent of Ireland from time to time. I was told that... The British accent that I did on the other podcast was absolutely terrible. So I'm trying to do Irish now. And I hope you find it, you know, not terrible. Cuba. Hi. Israel. Hi. Norway. Luxembourg. Belgium. Italy. Amman. Turkey. Hi. I really hope you're saying hi back, even though I can't hear you, but yeah, it, sorry, this is just a thing. Poland, hi. Denmark. Greece. The Republic of Korea. Hi. Welcome. Algeria, France, Hong Kong, Haiti, Tunisia, Austria, and Qatar.
they're all that's you and i just want to say that sorry i'm getting a little bit excited this is a sleep tonic i just want to say thank you thank you for listening in anyway hopefully you're asleep and you're relaxing and you're going to wake up tomorrow and it's tomorrow's going to be absolutely and utterly awesome the randomness of the day is going to surprise you and delight you things will come but as we all know they they go I will talk to you soon. And until then, thank you for listening. Take care. Talk soon. And bye.